Hello and welcome to Cannon and Cockrell. My name's Michael and I'm a Spurs fan. I'm Jason and I'm an Arsenal fan. And when we started this podcast, I didn't ever think we'd be talking about the Premier League season being postponed because of a pandemic. I thought the craziest thing we'd be talking about is Spurs getting to a Champions League final or Mourinho becoming manager. Or uh, Spurs winning a trophy. Or Spurs winning a trophy, yeah, which is... I mean, we'll probably never talk about that. But um, yeah, unprecedented uh, situation. And obviously, Arsenal have been uh, particularly affected uh, by this with, with Mikel Arteta and obviously the whole squad going into self-isolation as a result of that. I'm wondering, Jason, from an Arsenal perspective, uh, how the Arsenal fan base uh, feels about this and, and sort of what you think, hope will uh, happen in regards to the rest of the season. I think it hits uh, close to home when you see it that it's your manager. I mean, it would have been awful if it was any manager or any player or anyone. It's awful enough someone not related to football. But, you know, when the first person it becomes the Arsenal manager who you're looking forward to that the evening before to watch, you know, his press conference and, and watch the team, it, it brings it all to life. Here. And the fact that, you know, no celebrity or, or occupation or class or religion or gender or, or race is, is, is exempt from, from something like this. You know, it's an invisible um, enemy and it, and it could hit anyone. And, and uh, who knows how, how someone contracts it as well. So it's very scary. I think uh, all we can do is, you know, put allegiances aside and say, whoever's got it in football, if we're just talking about football, we hope they get better soon and, and then nothing serious comes of it. Um, but yeah, in terms of the actual football playing um, side of it, I mean, I, I'm hearing a lot of different things. You know, one on one hand, people are saying we should have just continued the season because it wasn't that bad. We could have been finished by now. Um, another hand say, you know, um, postpone the season as long as it takes, which is what they're kind of proposing right now, which means, you know, we could be in December 2020 and then it's uh, Arsenal City again. And then we cancel the rest of the season and see how we go. Or, you know, there's also that route we could potentially go down by nulling and voiding the whole season and just saying, okay, if, if, if it's done by summer, if it's finished by August, all of this, then we start again, fresh season and, and, and we make do uh, in terms of how just that all is for the Premier League. That's one story. I think if I'm, if I'm looking from an Arsenal perspective, nulling and voiding makes no difference because to be honest, the position we're in apart from the FA cup, is a null and void season for us overall in terms of our expectations and our and our past performances. Um, postponing again gives us a chance to for Mikel Arteta to get his ideas really fine tuned and but who knows how the disruption may support other clubs in terms of you know Spurs are going to get Harry Kane and Hummin Sun back from injuries and you know they'll be able to to play against us if that season happens and that changes the course of things. So um, it has a massive domino effect just delaying it, let alone nulling and voiding it. There is no right answer for me. For me, I, I believe that if you, when football's able to start, it's the least of our priorities at the moment in life right now. Um, you've got to find a way to finish this because you're either going to be cancelling this season that's already been three quarters of the way through or you're cancelling next season, which hasn't started yet. And when there are already things happening and clubs have worked so hard so far, I think logically it makes sense to finish what you've started 
skip next season and then hopefully start again that year after. It's, you know, I looked at the Wikipedia, um, that trusted source uh, on football matters for kind of Premier League seasons in history and looking at, you know, the, the what happened in the wartime. And there were, you know, some games were played and they voided it. Um, but that was, that's the, that's in terms of structure, the precedent you've got that it, they stopped the season, it skipped in the history book. We reference why and we continue again. And that's what we do as humans. You know, we, we evolve and we, we, we rally up, we fight against our, our biggest battles and, and we, and we rise again. And I think that's the only way, but that's, that's kind of a ramble of my mind at the moment where it's at, that it's the least of our priorities until we can start doing something. We don't really need to think about it. Um, and dependent on the timelines, you start again, you continue what you've started, and then you look at the fresh approach. I, I would love to know kind of your view on Spurs specifically in this crisis, and then also how you think it should go forward to be most fair for everyone. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I agree with with everything you said. I think, obviously, at the, at the moment, football is, as you said, the least of our priorities. And it's funny how I think the situation has sort of simultaneously shown both the, the silliness and the seriousness of football in the sense that it's shown up football for being what it is, which is just a sport, a game that we play to keep ourselves entertained. And in the grand scheme of things, if, if matches have to be delayed or rearranged you know that's that's not an issue whatsoever but then on the other hand you see how much people are already missing football and and how much of a an important role it played in people's lives and actually the the financial ramifications of it with you know lower league clubs um potentially going out of business or laying off staff even premier league clubs it it has a big impact and, and football clubs do play quite big roles in their local communities as employers as a a, a place for, for people to come together and there's a lot of different ramifications beyond football uh to this uh postponement into this situation um and as you say i think whatever outcome comes out of it is going to be isn't going to be ideal because obviously no one wants the season to uh, be declared null and void but at the same time as you say you may have to end up cancelling next season depending on on how late it is until we can play games again and you know there's no picking up where we left off either in football or i think in in wider society after this because as you say from a tottenham perspective we'll have probably harry kane and, and chungman son back whenever football returns and that changes things completely you know you look at where we were even just a week ago, uh, which as we were saying before we started recording this, seems longer than a week ago now, but you look at us going out to Leipzig in the Champions League, going out to Norwich in the FA Cup, the, the, the state we were in, no strikers, all those injuries, bad mood at the club, and it was looking like we were going to limp to the finish line and have a pretty depressing end to the season that would have cast doubts then over us on the plans and the future of Jose Mourinho and all the rest of it. But now if you have almost a second pre-season, a chance for Mourinho to spend more time, well, maybe spend more time on the training ground. We don't know who's going to be really be able, what they'll be able to do in terms of training. But having players back from injury changes things completely. It's it's a whole new equation then. And, and if we'd have played those games when they're originally scheduled with the, the team that were available at the time, the results probably would have been very different. And that could change the whole uh, complexion of the top four race. Just thinking about the game that we would have played against Manchester United. Manchester United has been on this incredible run and we've been on a very bad run. But if when we play them coming back, when it's kind of, yes, we're finishing off the season, but it also will feel like a clean slate, 
with players back. It's psychologically, physically, it's a whole different game. So, it, you know, whatever conclusion we come to, it's it's going to have distorted uh, the season and, and it, it, you know, it'd be interesting how people think. I'm sure there'll be lots of alternate histories where people wonder how the season would have finished had it had it not been uh, derailed in this way. Um, but I think certainly the fairest thing is to try and finish it if you can, um, because nobody wants to see it declared null and void. And I don't think either anybody wants to see decisions made on the basis of how things stand at the moment. While you can say clearly Liverpool are going to win the title, everything else is up for grabs and it isn't fair to be awarding promotions or relegations or European places based on you know, a few points difference. So hopefully, I, I think hopefully we will eventually finish this season and it will be a, a strange situation, but eventually things will, will get back to normal. And um, hopefully it, it's brought a bit more perspective um, back in terms of what football is and, and the role it plays. Hopefully people now take it both a little less seriously and a little bit more seriously as well at the same time if that's not too much of a contradiction hopefully people remember why it is that they like football what it what it provides to them as a source of entertainment and a way of bringing people together and like you said putting allegiances aside and people recognize the positive role that football clubs can play in terms of providing opportunities in their local community and that when we return we we take football seriously in the right way as a, as a, as a source of entertainment, as a, as a means of bringing people together and not as the most important thing in the world where whether you win or lose a game or, or, or a player scores or does or doesn't sign for you is, is life and death because as we're seeing, it, it, it really isn't. It's, it's not important at all in the grand scheme of things and hopefully this situation, if anything, can, can make us realise that and, and positive aspects of, of the sport. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't. I've got to agree with everything you just said there. I mean, it, it's all again. It hits home when you hear people who are, you know, both of us very much on the opposite sides of the coins in terms of our our views on on our football team and and uh, and each other's football team as well in a way. Um, but we all have that same kind of consensus and shared bringing together. And I think what was poignant about what you said about kind of not being able to base relegation decisions on this i mean i think it's i think it's thinking about the domino effect already and you know if you believe in the parallel universe kind of theories and and you know if sheffield united don't get champions league based on a season being null and void will they still be the same team next year and would that be the chance that could have given them the money and profile to become a bigger club going forward in the years to come or would it be a chance that they'd go down and you know this kind of um this crossroads or turning point in club's history based on something out of their control. I mean, it's crazy how much um, how much impact that could have as well. You know, Leicester City have had the most amazing season. You know, Leeds might be able to get up for the first time in, in years and years and years. So there's, and that also, you've got to think about the, the fan, the everyday fan who have been going week in, week out. They want to see their teams in the Premier League, some of them. Some don't want to see their teams in the Championship. Um then you have to couple in all of these factors with the internationals and the cups and, you know, the Euros going next summer. Is that still going to be an issue? Um, was it an issue in the first place being across all these European cities? I mean, I would not want to be in football administration at the moment because I think it would be a, an absolute headache because your decisions determine not only the business side and the clubs, but, 
but the what they see as consumers and, and, and the everyman, which also impacts people's morale and well-being and, and everyone around them who's not even involved in sports. There's such a domino effect um, from this virus. And, you know, three months ago, we weren't even, we didn't even know what it, the word was, um, the word coronavirus, which is unbelievable, really, because the group of, that is the group of illnesses that, that are common cold. And now it's all been brought to the forefront. I wonder whether, you know, whether we'll be changing our lifestyle habits, whether you'll be having hand sanitizer before you even get into the stadium anymore. I mean, it, it might change a lot of people's views on on hygiene as well. So it's, uh, it's a headache for a lot of football clubs and football in general. But I think, um, you know, we'll try and obviously keep updated as we can. And you know, a lot of this paper talk, you know, they're talking about contracts and they're talking about transfers. And I'm thinking that's the last thing anyone's thinking about when they're just making sure they don't have a virus. Do you really think Frank Lampard's looking at Serie A right now for scouting for the summer? The transfer window won't even exist by then. I mean, it's it's just it's just uh, fantasy talk at the moment. It's the least of our worries. But um, it'll be interesting to see those knock-on effects as well on kind of... Uh, on transfers as well, because you can't close the transfer window uh, at that point. Will it go back to a system of, you know, open free-for-alls and how will that change people's histories if they decide, you know what, Aubameyang missed three sitters this weekend. We're going to sell him and swap him for, I don't know, we'll take Werner. He likes a gold against Spurs. So it's very interesting. Yeah, I I thought it was interesting as well what you said about um, what a headache it would be for the administrative side of it. And I wonder whether this will make FIFA and UEFA realise how much they've overloaded the the footballing calendar. You know, we've heard managers like Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola complain about there being too much football, too many tournaments, too many matches, and seeing how difficult it is now for them to even conceive how they would fit in all these games, given all the other commitments that these clubs have. I wonder whether they'll now, I mean, this is probably optimistic thinking because we know they make these decisions based on the money they can make from these tournaments. And I'm, and I'm sure there'll be even more of a, a thirst for, for football when, when it finally returns. But I wonder whether it will make people stop and think and say, you know, we do need more room in the calendar for matches to be rearranged or delayed or postponed because the amount of football that we're, we're playing at the moment, it, it doesn't leave a lot of wriggle room if things out of the ordinary happen. And I wonder whether rather than it being players getting injured that, that makes the football administrators stop and, and take note of, of the fixture congestion, whether it be something like this, when they realise actually how difficult it is to rearrange things, if, if that maybe leads to a change in in new tournaments and, and how they're, they're structured, because it has been an issue in, in football the past few years, and we've seen it with a lot of the injuries the players are getting, and I wonder whether this will, will bring that to the fore even more. This is the perfect opportunity to do it. I mean, we look at you know, I need to look more into the history of, of how football was structured um, for my own personal knowledge. But, you know, in 92, when the Premier League came in and the whole new format was set up, and that's happened over the years, not just in terms of names and sponsors and, and broadcasting deals, but in terms of structures of competition. We now have the Champions League and Europa League, and that wasn't necessarily 10 years ago the same as it is today. So, you know, this is the perfect time when you have a natural pause to... to to find the plans that will make everyone satisfied going forward. But as you say, I think money does talk and um, that that influences a lot. And at the moment, I just see, you know, the amount of games 
going up because you know if they can say oh we can now broadcast 92 games why not um that might that might have a factor um as well so it's 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 i think it's very complex and uh and there's just such an effect internationally and i i, I wouldn't know where to start to be honest i think um i think i need a good cup of tea before i get to that <laughs> one thing that a lot of people have been doing in the absence of new football is going back and watching old games again and i was wondering whether off the top of your head if if you could watch uh, a full arsenal game again or, or you know your favorite arsenal match or, or favorite arsenal games either against tottenham or just overall which ones would would you turn to and, and go and watch again if you're craving that that football fix oh i think in terms of overall i'd have to go for um arsenal versus harlan the fa cup final just as my personal and as a personal arsenal fan you know that moment for me was so special just a a dramatic goal. It was a great game, competitive from both sides. A uh, real poignant moment, turning point in our modern history, and great for Wenger to kind of prove the doubters wrong at that point in time, including myself. Um, against Spurs, I mean, I used to love just the classics, beating you without even thinking about it. I believe there was a three-one where was it Adi? Was it Adi Bayor who scored that goal where he kind of flicked it up? twisted on his right and passed Paul Robinson volley that was unbelievable um the one where Fabregas scored from kickoff Van Persie goal just for that that I loved um the 5-2 I think the first 5-2 really stuck out to me it was just the way in which Spurs capitulated we turned it on and we kind of you know showed icon as an icon um how Arsenal uh will always be better than Spurs and that was uh that was very special for me, but nothing nothing too recent in the past few years, but that's uh, due to a blip in the system, I believe, which I hope will, will be restored. How about you on your side? Any any personal highlights? Well, I think obviously the uh, the famous 2008 Carling Cup campaign, the uh, the 5-1 win over Arsenal in the, uh, the semi-final and then the 2-1 win over Chelsea in the final, uh, the only trophy that I've, I've seen Spurs win so far. Um, and then probably those... those Champions League nights. I know Arsenal aren't really familiar with with what Champions League nights feel like at the moment, but you know, even going back to those Gareth Bale uh, displays against Inter Milan, um, and then obviously last season the second legs against City and Ajax, just full of goals and drama. Um, I think it was kind of just ultimate football, really. And even though obviously it, we, Everything that's been said about winning trophies, but I don't think I've ever felt as as good as a Spurs fan as as when Lucas Moura got that last minute goal against Ajax. I think that eclipses everything, and I think uh, maybe I'd skip the first half of that game and and just watch the second half to to see his hat trick. But and then against Arsenal, other than the five one, obviously, um, there's the four four draw, which I know whole celebrating a draw thing is you open to a bit of mockery, but just you know, we watched that game together when it was on, and the whole, you know, from David Bentley's goal from halfway right down to Lennon's late equaliser off the post, it was just such a mad, entertaining match. And then probably that that two nil at White Hart Lane in the, the last season of White Hart Lane, which confirmed we would finish above you for the the first time in my lifetime. Um, that was a good moment. And maybe the uh, the Harry Kane last minute header as well to win two one. That was uh, that was a good one. I think that was in his breakthrough season and when people really started to realise 
just what a talent he was. And he's not really stopped scoring against Arsenal since. I saw Tottenham put up a video about washing your hands for 20 seconds and they said, that's just enough time to watch all of Harry Kane's goals against Arsenal. And they had a quick highlights reel of every single goal he scored against Arsenal. And he's scored quite a few, although I did notice that the last three or four of them were penalties, which does slightly uh, play into the uh, the narrative of him being a penalty merchant. But I mean, it's uh, interesting why they haven't done a video saying, uh, we're not going to do a video um, to show you what you shouldn't be doing at the moment in terms of washing hands. And that is the amount of uh, seconds, the amount of trophies that Spurs have won um, in the last, what's it now, 12 years. Well, yeah, we shall see if... Uh, next season maybe trophies because I mean that is something that happened since the last time we spoke any slim chances of Spurs winning a trophy this season were dashed against Norwich and Leipzig but I mean looking back at them now they just seem so insignificant with everything that's going on but obviously they were full of incident the penalty shootout Dyer going into the crowd um, all of that but now it just seems yeah very very unimportant and um, already kind of it's strange I'm looking ahead to next season but we've still got this season to finish I suppose from a Spurs perspective our season was kind of over other than a, a, a chase for the top four but maybe now with Caden Son back that will get a bit more exciting I don't know it's going to be very strange to see what the future holds we will keep up to date we'll keep everyone up to date and I'm sure there'll be new content to create and reflect upon so we're, we're ready in time for the season yeah I'm sure we can do maybe some more Arsenal Spurs nostalgia sessions if anybody listening has any suggestions of matches or seasons that they'd like us to discuss or talk about i'm sure we can come up with ways to to keep ourselves entertained to keep on enjoying football and keep the arsenal and spurs rivalry going in a in a healthy way i'm sure a nice uh, half an hour episode of just roasting the others club uh, <laughs> is is uh, is a possibility too i mean i can think of uh of a few things um, in terms of trophies to say, um, probably for a good few hours actually. But I think I'll uh, I'll stagger that content throughout. Yeah, maybe we can come up with a few a few more games as well. Have a have a bit of a games show. Maybe yeah, try to come up with a, a joint Spurs Arsenal eleven stuff like that. There'll be plenty of things to to keep us going. I'm sure. I think so. Now now that kind of we've we've addressed the seriousness. Um, you know, everyone knows that that it's a serious situation and. Um, you know, our thoughts to everyone who's affected um, in football and outside of football. Um, but, you know, something like this really brings us together and, and uh, we can highlight the important things um, in life and appreciate them even more. Indeed. And we, we wish wish everyone is listening to this well. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be back enjoying uh, everything that we used to uh, very soon. Take care. <laughs>